Formerly known as virtual reality, the metaverse is a white-hot topic right now, both in the consumer space as well as the corporate space. And for good reason, the prospects of creating an alternate reality with almost limitless dimensions for business or pleasure that feels so real when viewed through a virtual reality headset is the type of thing that once you've experienced it, you get it. Today, we're not just going to podcast about the metaverse, but rather we're going to hold an interview in the metaverse with GP Strategies Director of Learning Technologies, Tom Pizer. Please enjoy the podcast, but we'd also invite you to join us on the GP Strategies YouTube channel for the vodcast version to see us live and in person with our avatars to infinity and beyond. Hello, everyone. We might sound a little different today, but welcome to the Performance Matters Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Teal, and we've got a very, very special, special podcast today. We're talking about what the metaverse means for corporate learning, but we're doing it in the metaverse. So this is like a Russian nesting doll in terms of in terms of a podcast. So I'm joined here by our Senior Director of Learning Technologies, Mr. Tom Pizer. Hello, Tom. How are you, sir? Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I'm Good doing to see you. you in virtual space. You look beautiful, <laughs> by the way. Very handsome. And I also have Zach Ergo here. Hi, Zach. How are you? Yep. So Good. Zach is How's part of our marketing team. So by the way, where are you two located, incidentally? Because I know we're here in a virtual space, but where's home for you both? Tom, let's start with you. So yeah, sure. So I am based out of Germantown, Maryland. I'm very near the uh, GP Strategies main offices in Columbia, Maryland. Right on. Okay. And Zach, how about you? Where are you coming in from? I'm in the very middle of the country in Kansas City, Missouri. Okay. Well, Tom, I think, can we have him bring us some virtual barbecue? What do you think about that? <laughs> I think that sounds good. As a matter of fact, I think it sounds only fair. Okay, you need to bring some of that in here. So, by the way, everyone, just want to let you know, and I'm going to pan around for this. We are in a collaborative virtual reality app called Arthur, and they've been kind enough to grant us some credentials so we could have a fun podcast or even some champagne if you're watching on our vodcast here. Um, this is a very special space. So we're in here because Tom is going to really help us unpack this concept of the metaverse here and um, one thing i wanted to do tom and i'm just going to walk over here to a couple of questions i put in here is can you just give us before we talk metaverse give us just a quick professional bio and one fun fact about you sure uh so professional bio i'm the director of learning technologies for gp strategies i work on our innovation team so the innovation team is dedicated to exploring new technologies new ways of doing things in the uh lnd environment in the learning and development environment so our team takes a look at you know what is going on in the um, in the realm of learning, what new enhancements are happening out there. But we also kind of keep our eyes on the technology landscape uh, in the commercial space as well. So there have been a lot of advancements in headset technologies and in software for virtual reality. So when folks at GP Strategies come to our team and say, you know, is there a new way of doing business? They may present us with a technical challenge and we will respond to that. Um, I can say that maybe a, a fun fact <laughs> is that I have been 
personally dabbling in uh, in the VR space. And and one of the things that I do is over a period of years of working in L and D, you make friends, and you know uh, perhaps later on they move on. I've had friends who have moved across the nation, and lately we have been spending time uh, playing poker in virtual space. Oh, so wow. poker stars has, has a virtual space where we get together and pass around virtual chips, <laughs> but mostly it creates a, a sense of presence between many of us who have moved across the nation at this point. That, that is so cool. And you think about that, Zach, like we could have a table right here and be playing poker. I mean, that's, that's pretty wild to think about. You could be in Abu Dhabi, for example, if you weren't in Kansas city and that's, that's pretty cool. So, hey, Zach, one fun fact about you before we we zoom out of here. Here, what's something? Oh, fun that fact. you that won't help you lose your job. One little fun factoid about you. <laughs> I, I I play drums. I, I'm a drummer from a musical family, but I I became the black sheep as a drummer. They wanted me to be in violin, piano, <laughs> all those things. But <laughs> okay, well, we've got half a band here. I play guitar. You've got that, Tom. You've got Golden Pipe, so I think we could have a, a garage band going. <laughs> move on with me, gentlemen. Let's go. move on here to question number two. And I put a couple questions out here to make it fun, so I'll paint over to it. This is a question that I think most individuals have because we've heard this word. It's kind of a buzzword right now, but it's this word metaverse. So, Tom, I'm going to ask you, what is the metaverse? And really, is it something that is trademarked? By Facebook, do they own this concept? Tell us what this really means. Yeah, that's a really interesting and, and relevant topic. So, so the metaverse is a, a term that was uh, coined quite a number of years ago um, by an author. Uh, I believe his name is Neil Stevenson. Um, and I believe that the novel was Snow Crash. At, at, at any rate, okay. it is an older term that was uh, defined in uh, kind of cyberpunk uh, novels. And it is to define a virtual space, very much like we're in. I mean, this is, this is a great example of a meta space. Meta, the company, uh, Facebook and transforming its name, just coined the, you know, the, the name metaverse. And of course, it's relevant to the virtual spaces sure. that their technologies are in, but they do not own, um, say, the the metaverse as, <laughs> as a category. Okay. There are other commercial companies that are out there that are defining their own virtual spaces. Uh, those virtual spaces can be defined in their software, in their enterprise backend environments, and can be accessed through any of the number of um, VR headsets that are available out there that are currently at market in the market and will eventually be brought to market. Okay, so you just did something. I'm going to use one of the cool collaborative tools here in Arthur, and I'm going to write down Snowcraft here because that is some knowledge. I'm usually if I'm taking, uh, if I'm doing a podcast, I've got a pen and paper with me, but I'm writing down Snowcraft and putting that in my little notes section. So thank you snow, for that. Snow crash. Oh, snow, snow crash. crash. Okay, let me let me edit that here, which is great. Incidentally, Zach, when we're done, we can actually export our notes to ourselves, and and have that. So it's yeah, Arthur's done a heck of a job of giving us an actual business tool. So what you're saying here, Tom, and I'm going to pivot over here, is that <laughs> Facebook doesn't own this concept of metaverse, but it's really it's a virtual reality space 
where users can interact with a computer-generated environment like we're doing right here, right? Um, it's exactly right. But with other that's users, exactly and I right. think that's the magic, is that we are truly together in there. So I've got a third question. Can you come down this little gallery with me? And we're just going to teleport down over here. Here's a question that I was thinking about that I think really pertains here to this concept of learning. And it would be, what types of learning experiences do you think can be paired well in this metaverse world? So this is really expanding at this point. And we've kind of put them into three categories right now. And, you know, I, I feel like these categories have the potential to expand, but we have seen um, virtual reality be effective with hard skills development. So being able to practice a skill such as operating a vehicle. Okay. Or uh, in, the, in the case of, you know, safety, operating a lift. You know, going through proper procedures, startups and, and safety procedures and donning the, you know, particular equipment. We've also seen it be very valuable in soft skills development. I mean, at this point, you and I are interacting one-on-one. -on -one. Well, imagine Absolutely. being able to, to interact with either an individual, uh, say, a, also a recorded session with individuals that may be a branching-based activity, right. or even similar activities that could involve avatars, right? So it's a great opportunity to practice those soft skills in a safe space, right? And this, this is a safe space. And another area that was kind of a surprise to, to me is an environment like Arthur, uh, where we can work collaborative, co collaboratively in workshop environments. Uh, having the, the tools to um, conduct workshop activities, uh, mm -hmm. maybe do some mind, some mind mapping, um, conduct conversations, uh, those types of things. So we're seeing those three general areas being particularly powerful to the L&D environment. Oh, that's fantastic. And in preparation for this, what I wanted to do is also have a little fun. Are you two okay for having a little fun in this world? Uh, I'm always up for having Okay, fun. Zach, are you okay to have a little red pill, blue pill matrix moment? <laughs> yeah, and I'm already having fun just messing around with the notes. Okay, well, come my, out here to this window, <laughs> and we're going to what I call hyperport out to a coffee cup here. So let's aim our little joystick out at that coffee cup and use your forward button and aim at it, and I'll see you out there. Whoa, we are out here. Hey, Zach, are you having some coffee this morning? That's kind of cool. I like that. <laughs> so, <Quite> a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you look out here, I think this is kind of fun is not only when you talked oh, about cool. events, Tom, but if you just take a look around, we have miles of space that is real estate for us to construct experiences, which is kind of cool. Now, Tom, you had mentioned these three key items of hard skills, soft skills, and events and meetings. So from a learning recap, I'm just going to take my VR headset since I'm recording this, everyone, is uh, he had mentioned some hard skills, some soft skills, and events and meetings. This is, for example, a, an app like Arthur is a perfect complement for that in terms of just how much space you have to even construct like an annual meeting. Is that fair to say? Uh, I would say. Um, certainly, you can conduct... Uh, team building activities in here. Um, you can conduct virtual events and trade shows. It all depends on the 
capabilities of the software that you're using in right. the virtual environment. Okay. You know, how many people can it, can it uh, host? Gotcha. Are you too ready to jump back to the real world here? Or quote unquote, very, very. the quote unquote virtual real world. <laughs> I'm, I'm like three levels deep here. Okay, so aim your joystick at the middle of the world here and we'll jump back to question number four. All right, welcome back. It's not so scary. Now, I'm actually kind of afraid of heights, so going out there makes my palms sweat a little bit, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> um, so, Tom, I had a fourth question for you, and it really was going to be, you know, what are some <clears throat> examples of how learning is being transformed in this world? So we're, we're kind of unpacking the fact that things can happen, but do you have any good examples of how this really benefits both the learner and the provider of learning? Well, I, I would say that um, it does create a certain amount of presence as uh, you are going through either individual activities or group activities. I mean, I'm sitting here with a headset on. I'm not multitasking. Uh, I'm <laughs> staying on task uh, with this. Um, you know, now that we've moved to these virtual uh, environments by and large in the, uh, you know, across the globe with the advent of, of COVID. Uh, I think people have gotten used to maybe drifting here and there, and mm. this creates a certain Guilty. amount of focus, whether we're working <laughs> as a team or whether I'm going through and, and trying to complete a task. Certainly, uh, certainly that's one aspect. Yeah, I could see that. And I mean, um, let's face it, we know when someone's drifting in a Zoom or Teams meeting because they turn off their video and, you know, you just need that little break in here. Like you said, you're immersed. You're not, you're not multitasking. And um, one thing I was going to say, just having the opportunity to work in this Arthur world, I think the concept of content persistence is pretty cool in terms of transforming. So had a little example right behind you both here of a very, very primitive sales <laughs> process. So this is, this is an emoji driven sales process. But you think about it, if we were in here and had a workshop and we were talking about what's the happy path for our customer experience, we could actually build this out, have fun doing it. And you know what? We could come back tomorrow and it's still here where if we had just done a whiteboard or something like that, it wouldn't, you know, somebody could actually just erase the whiteboard and, and uh, we could, we it would just be gone. So I think this is kind of a fun little example. Obviously it's a little playful but uh, and even the fact that you can move things around if you want to and you can you mm -hmm. can you can use the tools within Arthur to to do poster boards or even if you look behind you both i noticed they have audio zones so you could have sidebar conversations in collaborative tools like this so they've done a heck of a job on that so a lot of things so i'm going to move you two over to another section of this space for a fifth question so follow me i'll try to walk slow And this is a bit of a plant question for you. I'm just going to do a little slow pan around the area, Tom. But my question for you is, what are some special things about having a learning experience in the metaverse? What are some unique things or nuances where you just go, it's a surprise and delight factor? Well, I, I would say that first, there is the, the feeling of being there in a personal space. Now, of course, the, the folks who are going to be watching this as a vodcast or as a podcast uh, aren't going to see the three-dimensionality that I'm seeing. But certainly, uh, the fact that even 
were avatars or you might be dealing with cartoons. There's a sense of presence. There's a sense of, of realism. Um, the stakes might be higher in an environment like this, but also <clears throat> there's the ability to do things that we can't normally do, like uh, being able to go inside of objects, being able to construct uh, uh, you know, fanciful environments, uh, being able to, to go down to the size of an ant uh, <laughs> or to the size of a giant, right? Absolutely. Um, any, any content, any media that you can think of that you can pull into, say, a, um, a web-based environment, you can pull three-dimensionally into a virtual environment. So I think it, it does create a lot more focus. I yeah. think that's a great example. So if you're watching the vodcast, I'm taking a number five here right now and kind of like the movie Ant-Man, I'm going to make this thing really big and let's all jump to the top of this number five out in the sky, okay? This is going to be a little challenge for you. Aim your joystick at the very top of the number five and I'll see you up there. I'm actually inside the five at the moment, which was kind of cool. It, you know, it takes a little bit of getting used ah, to. Zach actually just climbed his way up. Well done, Zach. <laughs> yeah. I He's like just that. a pro. He is. And just take a look and around. Then, yeah, this is wild. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look down at this environment that we were in. Of course, the environment was constructed to simulate um, our physical spaces, our physical dimensions. Yes. You know, the ground is grounded. And so I've got, you know, I, I don't feel off balance. But when we come up to an area like this, um, now we can see the vastness mm. and the scale of an environment such as this. Absolutely. When, when I was on the side of it, I actually started sweating a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hanging off so Zach, since I've worked in this world for a little bit, here's my tip. I call this, uh, what, are, what do they call those things? Gargoyles on the side of Notre Dame and everything? Is What I want mm. you to do is put your elbows on your knees and hover like a gargoyle <laughs> on the edge. And uh, it helps you comfort, especially because I am afraid of heights. It's ironic that I've been working in this space here. But yeah, Tom, I think you've, you've hit on some pretty amazing things of how special this world is. Um, I wanted to kind of wrap this one up by having you walk us through that cool pink Hummer that I put down there. So are you okay with jumping over here and giving us a, I'm gonna jump over to the other side of this number five and you'll see a i've got set up here a little floating vehicle for us and give us an example this could potentially be a hard skill example so let's jump down there this is an example of a three-dimensional object uh, that's been brought into this space now of course we work within the confines and the capabilities of any particular environment can we get more realism out of a model like than this Absolutely. Sure. sure. Um, <clears throat> but it, it depends uh, on the nature of the environment. This environment was designed to host dozens of people and there's a certain amount of processing power. So we can get more realistic with this, but there are some trade-offs in terms of, in terms of memory and capabilities. So the realism that we can get is more what you've seen inside of the, uh, the, the constructed showroom environment. And so we could get more realistic with this. Okay. So what, um, what I'm hearing you say though, is this is obviously a bit of a playful 3d model, but let's say we were working with aerospace and you said, I want to teach 
engineers or or technicians mm -hmm. how to properly repair a vehicle at one-to-one -one scale like a, a i was gonna say a 747 i guess they're out of production right now but whatever it is a uh you know an airbus or something you would probably mm -hmm. not want to do that in a collaborative app is what i'm hearing you'd probably want to make like a special app for that we would want to do it in a different collaborative app okay so we might we might build that more realistic model in a uh, uh, in a program such as uh, Unity. Okay. Um, by importing higher resolution, better textured models, but of course we also consider from a learning perspective, the goal is to to teach step by step procedure or handoff procedures. Got it. So we might design it so that uh, you know maybe it only um, incorporates four or five employees working together in, in, in that environment. So we'll design the activity according to the requirements of the activity. Um, Got it. Got it. So like the Arthur, the the, the, what I'm hearing with you is Arthur, the magic is this is a collaborative office space where you can, you can also bend space and time a bit, but if you were saying, okay, I want to actually create something that's, uh, truly almost photorealistic or better than photorealistic, you'd probably want to use a custom-made VR app. And is that something that G uh, GP actually has the, the chops to do? We, we do, and we have built those uh, collaborative, collaborative apps and environments, but also single-user apps and environments. Okay. And the, <clears throat> the advantage in an L&D space for a hard-skill activity such as that is if you've got a complex activity where the stakes are high and someone who is going on the line doesn't have the, say, the luxury of learning on the job or experimenting on the job or practicing on the job, or maybe they want to reduce the amount of time of that learning on the job, we'll train them in a virtual space. We'll assess their abilities in a virtual space okay. first, right? And so they're better prepared, more confident, um, uh, no more as they get on the job for the first time. So increasing that ROI, lowering the stakes. Very cool. Zach, I'm going to ask you to have one challenge for us, and that would be to okay. see if you can teleport back to our very beginning space. So it's the far right space here that we began with. So you're going to need to aim your joystick over at the far right of the gallery. You might need to get over by me here. And let's see if we can oh, yeah, all meet far. up there at the number one spot to wrap up this fun, fun podcast. Vodcast, I guess, right? All right, I see Zach. And I see Tom. Okay. You both are flying in here. How cool. <laughs> Love it. Whoop, whoop. Well, listen, that is a very special podcast, What the Metaverse Means for Corporate Learning. I want to thank Zach and Tom for being such gracious guests and letting me have high a little five. fun with you. Yeah, let's get a little high five here. Um, hopefully there's, <laughs> we've all signed waivers. So when we get too close to each other, we're not going to sue each other, but Tom, thank you so much for your insight, Zach. Thank you for riding along with us and, and just getting a fun new experience. It's been fantastic. Cool. And always a pleasure. Mike. <laughs> all right. Yeah, well, thanks for letting me sit in. My pleasure. My pleasure. The Performance Matters podcast is brought to you by GP Strategies. Together, we can create a world where business excellence makes possibilities achievable. You can subscribe to the show anywhere you get podcasts or listen on our website at gpstrategies.com.